the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. Thus have I heard, once the Blessed One was dwelling in Rajagriya at Bodhi Peak Mountain, together with a great gathering of the Sangha of monks and a great gathering of the Sangha of Bodhisattvas. At that time, the Blessed One entered the Samadhi that expresses the Dharma called Profound Illumination, and at the same time, Noble Avokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, while practicing the Profound Prajnaparamita, saw in this way, he saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. And then through the power of the Buddha, Venerable Shariputra said to Noble Avokiteshvara, Bodhisattva Mahasattva, how should a son or daughter of noble family train who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita? Addressed in this way, Noble Avokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, a son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita should see in this way, seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Form is emptiness, emptiness also is form. Emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics. There is no birth and no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness, there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness. No eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas, no eye. Datu up to no mind, datu, no datu of dharmas, no mind consciousness, datu, no ignorance, no end of ignorance, up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death, no suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times by means of Prajnaparamita fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequal mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth, since there is no deception. The Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Te Ata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha. Thus, Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train in the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One arose from that samadhi and praised Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the Prajnaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra, Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, the whole assembly in the world with its gods, humans, asuras, and gandharvas rejoice and praise the words of the Blessed One.
So again, we will be uh, going over uh, Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stages of the path to enlightenment. Uh, and this text is a commentary on Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment. Uh, and Lama Tsongkhapa divides his commentary into four sections at the beginning of the text. Uh, the first section is called The Greatness of the Teacher. And in that section, we find the liberation life story of Lord Atisha. Uh, the second section is the greatness of the teaching itself. Uh, and in that section, we find four specific greatnesses about uh, the teaching here. And again, we're referring to Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment. The third section is the great way to listen to and explain the instruction. Uh, so here, this uh, explains how one should actually listen to the teaching the proper way, the great way. Uh, and the great way or the proper way that one should actually give the instruction itself. Uh, so that's the third category. And then the fourth category is how to lead the students in the actual instructions. Uh, and that section is where we are currently. Uh, so that's the fourth uh, category in the beginning outline of uh, uh, the great treatise on the stages of the path to enlightenment. <laughs> Okay, so uh, then, in that fourth section, we have the uh, section of how to rely uh, on the teacher that is the root of the path, and then um, uh, the next section is how one actually uh, engages in the stages once one has relied. Uh, and then uh, that's where we currently are uh, in the section of, of how one 
uh, actually engages in the stages. Um, so uh, we are on page 77 in Tibetan. Uh, uh, Yeah, so we're on uh, um, page 117 uh, in the English, uh, page 77 uh, in the Tibetan. So that's where we currently are, anyone who's following along in the English. And we find uh, the chapter called The Human Life of Leisure and Opportunity, and there are two sections, an exhortation to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity, and then how to take full advantage of leisure and opportunity. So these are divided into two chapters in the English translator's note, uh, but this is the beginning. Uh, and the Tibetan uh, is a little different than the order that we find uh, in the English, just momentarily. So just if anybody sees, we're going to jump back and forth uh, for a moment, and then it'll start to follow in the order exactly. What <laughs> Um, so the first section um, is uh, an exhortation to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity. And here, uh, this section um, uh, tells uh, the practitioner to kind of heed the advice advice and recognize uh, that the human basis has so many abilities and to take care of it uh, and to take full advantage of uh, all of the abilities uh, that that human basis has of the eight leisures and ten opportunities. So here, uh, that first uh, uh, chapter deals with uh, this human basis and, and all of the qualities that it possesses. And then the second uh, chapter is how to take full advantage of the life of leisure and opportunity. And taking full advantage of it is referring to engaging in the stages of the path. At the beginning of Atisha's Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment, uh, Atisha states that understand that there are persons of three capacities, <coughs> small, middling, and great. Al shall write clearly to identify their distinguishing characteristics. Uh, and here, this is referring to the stages of the path for beings of small capacity, the stages of the path for beings of medium capacity, and the stages of the path for beings of great capacity. And these stages of the path are how, uh, and, and engaging in them, uh, are how one takes advantage of the life of leisure and opportunity. And we get in, and uh, the text gets involved with that explanation later on, uh, below, uh, uh, later on or below. <laughs> Tawaji, 
Uh, so now we'll look at the top section. We find the outline of what we're about to uh, look at. Uh, and the first section is the exhortation to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity. So that's under the stages of how the students train their minds after they have relied on the teacher. Uh, so first there's the identification of leisure and opportunity. Uh, and we went over uh, eight specific leisures uh, that uh, a human basis has and the ten opportunities and uh, uh, so forth. Uh, um, so this, uh, we, went, uh, we went over. So the first section has two categories, and there'll be a total of three. The second section is contemplating the great importance of leisure and opportunity. So uh, the benefit or the greatness of this basis of leisure and opportunity that one has, uh, and it shows how this basis is more important than a wish-fulfilling jewel. Uh, because in dependence upon it, uh, we can engage in practices. Uh, um, we, uh, if we look at the teachings that are found in the Kangjur, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha, and the Tengjur, the authentic Indian commentaries, uh, we will find that if they are summarized, uh, they are, can be divided into three specific categories, the stages of the path for beings of small, medium, and great capacity. Uh, so those practices lead to uh, specific results, and in dependence upon this uh, human basis, of leisure and opportunity, we can engage in uh, those practices which are, are the stages of the path that lead to the higher realms, uh, the stages of the path that lead to liberation, uh, and the stages of the path that lead to complete Buddhahood. Uh, so here, this great importance of leisure and opportunity is referring to uh, the great potential that we have to engage in these practices in dependence upon this basis. Uh, and then the third category, contemplating the difficulty of attaining leisure and opportunity, uh, shows how difficult it is to obtain uh, this human basis, uh, this basis of leisure and opportunity. Uh, and then we can see there are three categories. Uh, it's difficult to attain a human life of leisure and opportunity uh, because uh, the causes are difficult to uh, achieve. Uh, there are many examples to show the difficulty of achieving it. Uh, and the numbers of human basises, or uh, numbers of uh, basises of leisure and opportunity are very uh, small. Uh, so this section is the difficulty of attaining leisure and opportunity, uh, and that's what it's, uh, those three uh, reasons are given. Uh, so it's because of those uh, that we say it is difficult to attain leisure and opportunity in Beijing. So it's because of those it is difficult. And then Jobas and 
so this uh, <coughs> um, first section, uh, the uh, identification of leisure and opportunity. Uh, first, we start with leisure, and there are eight uh, leisures. And the uh, leisure, a state of leisure, is a state in which one can practice dharma. So, in dependence upon these eight specific leisures, one is able to engage in dharma practice. Uh, and then the opportunity uh, has ten specific aspects, and there are five opportunities that are relate to oneself, uh, and then there are five uh, opportunities that relate uh, to others uh, or external uh, um, uh, um, um, opportunities. Um, so here, these are truly the cooperative conditions uh, that uh, must be present in order for one to uh, engage in the practice of Dharma. So the leisures are uh, the basis from which one can engage in the practice of Dharma, and the opportunities are the cooperative conditions that allow one to engage in the practice of Dharma. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So we we find that the eight uh, uh, leisureless conditions uh, um, are found in the friendly letter uh, or Nagarjuna's letter to a friend, um, and in that text it shows. Uh, the eight specific leisureless states. Um, and a life of leisure refers to a state from which, or a basis from which one can engage in the practice of Dharma. And in the leisureless states, one cannot. <laughs> Lobatawa Okay. Uh, so here, the, uh, when we go to the uh, Nagarjuna's letter to a friend, 
uh, we find uh, the breakdown of the eight uh, uh, leisureless states. Um, and the first is referring to being reborn or born with wrong views. Uh, and wrong views are necessarily afflictions. So because they are necessarily afflictions, they are necessarily mental consciousness. And if we look uh, at the different consciousnesses, uh, there are six. There is eye consciousness, ear consciousness, nose consciousness, tongue consciousness, uh, uh, tactile consciousness, um, uh, I think I got, got all of them, and then mental consciousness, eye, ear, nose, I think I got all of them, uh, and mental consciousness. So the, there are five sense consciousnesses and one mental consciousness. And the, if it is a wrong consciousness, it is necessarily a mental consciousness. It, uh, wrong consciousness does not abide in any among the sense consciousnesses, which are the eye consciousness, ear consciousness, nose consciousness, um, uh, tongue or tasting consciousness and tactile consciousness. Uh, so it's necessarily a mental consciousness if it is a wrong view. Um, uh, so uh, if we look at uh, wrong view, it falls categorically under the one among the six root afflictions. Uh, so it drew the six uh, root afflictions. And uh, um, if we... Um, wrong view, the... the do you remember what he said? Delusion. Delusion. But there are two categories that Rinpoche gave specifically. Yeah, the, the root affliction and secondary afflictions. And the wrong view is the root affliction. I, I thought there was just something about the uh, ignorance relative to uh, karma. Uh, wrong view, believing that there are no three jewels. Wrong view, believing that there is no karma and results. Wrong view, that there is uh, no uh, um, four noble truths. Uh, and then there was another category. So anyway, those are uh, examples of wrong views. Uh, and that's the first category of a leisureless state, according to Nagarjuna's friendly letter. Okay. Uh, so when we look at uh, um, uh, wrong consciousness, wrong consciousness can be divided into two, conceptual uh, wrong consciousness and non-conceptual wrong consciousness. Uh, if, and if it is uh, um, um, uh, wrong, uh, hmm, something I've got incorrect here, if wrong, mistaken, luta yena, the Oh, so, okay, so Luta and Luta new Mora new Mara Jita Tata Lutas or the Luta del Kosovo new Mura the Mara new Mura Tonga than Taming not Jew the Rua Tadiju Luta than Luce Luta than Lucille Pesita. Okay. So I wonder what the two mistaken view and wrong view maybe are the two translations. Luta yes. Luce. 
yeah. Luta is wrong view, Luce is mistaken view, I think. So if it is uh, um, a wrong view, it is necessarily a conceptual mistaken view. If we look at mistaken view, it's divided into two categories, conceptual and non-conceptual mistaken view. And if it is a wrong consciousness, it is necessarily a uh, conceptual mistaken view. That's, it's in the mind and awareness teachings, Rinpoche said, in the low uh, teachings. And I apologize for anything that I might have missed in there. So conceptuality, if it is a, um, a wrong view, it is necessarily a conceptual mistaken view uh, because it is uh, necessarily a mental consciousness. So when we divide wrong consciousness, there's wrong consciousness relative to uh, uh, the nature of reality and then wrong consciousness relative to uh, examples are the karma and its results, the three jewels, the four noble truths, believing that, that those things don't exist. Uh, and then the wrong view relative to the nature of reality. So there are these two categories of mis of wrong view. So if we look at wrong views, they are mis necessarily mistaken views, and they are necessarily not sense consciousness, they are necessarily mental consciousness. Mm -hmm. 
So, uh, in the uh, um, section here where we find uh, the um, eight conditions which are leisureless, um, the next three are referring to the leisureless states of the lower realms. Uh, so, the lower realms referring to uh, being reborn in the hell realm, uh, being reborn in the hungry ghost realm, or being reborn in the um, uh, animal realm. So here, these are the next uh, three, so that makes for a total of four. Wrong views, being born in hell, hungry ghost, or animal realm. Uh, and then uh, the next is being born in a place uh, without uh, the conqueror's word. Uh, so somewhere where the, uh, the conqueror's or the, the Buddha's word uh, isn't present. Uh, and then the next section is an uncultured person uh, in a border region. Uh, so here, this is sometimes translated as a barbaric uh, land or a barbaric person. Um, uh, so here, uh, when we look at this particular um, uh, text, we find that in the confession, Bodhisattva's Confession of Downfalls, the Sutra of the Three Heaps, uh, we find that uh, there are um, very, uh, this is very similar um, uh, eight conditions that are shown. Uh, that uh, it says, I have uh, been uh, obscured by these karma that caused me and sent human beings to be born in hell realms, animal realms, hungry ghost realms, irreligious countries, barbarians as long life gods uh, with imperfect faculties, holding wrong views, or uh, not being pleased with the Buddha's, Buddha's descent. Uh, so here, these eight are very similar to the eight that we find uh, in this uh, text of Nagarjuna's friendly letter, even though they're slightly different, uh, very similar uh, conditions that are being uh, um, referred to here as states that aren't leisure, full of leisure. Oh, no, Buddha's word, it's not in there. Okay, thank you. Uh, so, in the only difference, one of the uh, deletions that we find in the 35 uh, Buddhas is the uh, Buddha's word um, uh, in a place where the Buddha's word isn't present. Um, so, in here, uh, we don't find that. Uh, we find not being pleased with the Buddha's descent, but we don't find uh, not uh, being born in a place where the Buddha's word has been spoken. Uh, so, that's a difference in the two uh, texts. Mm-hmm. 
जेवा जेवा ले जाने दुआ तू से अलता जय जय का मैं बस मैं बता दुआ मैं ठाकुर जो लालू चौहान से दुआ ताल शेडिंग के लालू चौहान ने शुक्र बस चीटां चीटां हुए सर ताल so in the letter to a friend uh, uh, those uh, four and then the fifth the conqueror's word uh, and then the sixth an uncultured person or a barbaric uh, person in border region uh, then the next is a person a stupid or mute person sometimes translated as imperfect faculties uh, and then a long uh, life deity uh, so those are the eight and then the differences that we find in the two are that the um, uh, um, being born uh, in a place without the conqueror's word is not in the uh, confession of downfalls. It, it's uh, stated in a different way, but they're very similar when we look at the two texts, uh, Nagarjuna's letter to a friend uh, and the uh, Sutra of the Three Heaps, Confession of Downfalls. <laughs> uh, so in uh, Mahamati's clear explanation of the words, uh, 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 clear words explanation of the friendly letter is a commentary on Nagarjuna's letter to a friend. He states that the uh, deity of long life that is being uh, described here is referring to uh, a, a deity of the formless realms, uh, a, a being who abides uh, in uh, this formless realm. Uh, so this here uh, is the uh, a commentary on Nagarjuna's letter to a friend, uh, and this is the first uh, in, in Lama Tsongkhapa's text. There's a few explanations. It's the first explanation uh, um, given here, and, and it's uh, citing where uh, that's from. <laughs> Uh, and then there's another text uh, here. It's the talk of the eight conditions that lack leisure by Ashvagosha that states that a long life deity is one in the desire realm uh, who is uh, distracted by activities and desire. And just one thing from before a being who's in the formless realm uh, uh, recognizes that they, uh, it's a leisureless state because they recognize that they are in the formless realm. Then they go into a state similar to a sleeping, and then they, at the time of death, realize they're dying and it all passes. Uh, and then the next is referring to the desire realm uh, state, and those would both be considered uh, leisureless states. So we can see, uh, yes, this second one is also a state that's not a leisure, a state of leisure. And 
so uh, here we have the um, uh, place without a born word, without the conqueror's word. If one is born in a place without the conqueror's word, then it's not possible uh, to hear the, the, the Buddhist teaching. So this is a leisureless state. Uh, and these states are le called leisureless because one can't practice Dharma from uh, these states. Uh, and then the next is an uncultured uh, person in a border region or a barbaric land uh, where there isn't the presence of uh, these uh, practices or practitioners such as the uh, two types of ordina ordin ordained uh, um, beings, the uh, fully ordained monks and nuns and the novice uh, monks and nuns, uh, and then being born as a, uh, a person with imperfect faculties or stupid or mute person, uh, if one has these uh, um, um, uh, problems, uh, then it makes it difficult to practice. And then last, the, uh, a long-life deity. Uh, so here, this is uh, showing uh, uh, the eight leisureless states. And, and then next, we'll get into the causes of a, uh, a life of leisure, or the cause... The uh, Makumba Jedu. Okay, so what are the causes of the eight? So we find uh, what the um, causes uh, of the, the uh, states of uh, um, uh, that lack leisure are. Uh, we find that uh, we have to look at how um, um, action and connects to results. So when we look at misdeeds or non-virtuous activities, we can engage in uh, misdeeds through our body, speech, and mind. And those misdeeds have varying degrees of completion that uh, uh, then um, um, create various results. Uh, so a misdeed of the greatest degree creates rebirth into the hell realm. A misdeed of a medium degree creates rebirth into the hungry ghost realm and a misdeed of a small degree creates rebirth into the animal realm. Uh, and then if we look at uh, um, virtue, or uh, which uh, ethics, uh, ethics or virtue, uh, virtue also has uh, um, uh, varying uh, three specific degrees uh, and uh, results that are concordant with those degrees. So uh, if one engages in the uh, greatest degree of virtue, then this produces rebirth into the God's realm. A small, a medium degree of virtue produces rebirth into the demigods realm, and a small degree of virtue produces rebirth into uh, the uh, human realm. Uh, so this is how um, 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 misdeeds create their results, and, and virtues create their results depending on the degrees of completion of those actions. 
So in dependence upon misdeeds of one's body, speech, and mind, the eight leisureless conditions are created. And in dependence upon the ethics, which is an abandonment of those negativities or uh, virtue, uh, one is able to achieve a life of leisure. Uh, so this is how uh, 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 leisureless states are created and leisure, states of leisure are created. What do you do about the Tinji to do? Do what the Ming Wu does? Tinji, you then would do what he does. That's a Muba Jig that. Tinji, you then would do what the Jan and other Udal Tangaji know him about. That Muba Muba Jet with Chi, Jukar, and then not what they, you then would do what in the Hija Marbe. You then would do a lace. Tinji to do what the Ming Wu does. ま、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、もう、も
So through ethical discipline, you eliminate the eight conditions that lack leisure. Uh, so through engaging in ethical discipline, one uh, gets rid of those uh, conditions or the causes that create this leisureless state. In many circumstances in life as an animal, uh, if we look at the, uh, the animal realm, we see that there are uh, more uh, animals than humans. There are in the ocean the most amount of animals, and then we see dogs and cats and birds, and we see uh, so many uh, different um, animals. Uh, so it's giving one example of a, a leisureless state that we abandon uh, <coughs> as an animal. Uh, and then also it says, through it you always attain leisure. So through ethical discipline, one always attains the eight leisures, the ten uh, opportunities. So ethical discipline becomes uh, uh, the conduit from which uh, one achieves this basis of leisure, or the basis that has a leisure. <laughs> So this uh, uh, life of, of leisure, uh, uh, this basis of uh, leisure, or this basis of leisure that one uh, has, is accomplished through engaging in ethical discipline or ethics. So, by in, uh, when we look at misdeeds of the body, speech, uh, and mind uh, uh, the, that create leisureless states, by engaging in ethical discipline that's opponent, one is able to achieve the conditions that are states of leap that for a state of leisure. So, ethical discipline becomes the So all of the excellence is uh, caused by, um, all excellence is caused by ethical behavior. And ethics are compared to a law. Uh, if we look at the, uh, in America, if we look at the example, uh, not compared to, I'm sorry, if we use the, an example to uh, explain this, uh, in America, if there is a, we have laws, and because of these laws, there is order. Because there is order, we are able to have hospitals and stores and schools and uh, facilities and so forth. Uh, 
Um, so it's because of this law, this order, that we are able to have all of these um, um, excellent things, all of these uh, um, things. Likewise, in dependence upon ethics or uh, ethical discipline, uh, one can engage in the pathways that are for beings of small capacities, the pathways for beings of medium capacities, and the pathways for beings of great capacities. So here, ethical discipline becomes like the law that allows um, all of these other um, uh, wonderful things to function in the United States. Uh, um, likewise, one can pra engage in all of the practices of the paths in dependence upon the basis of ethics. So the better the law and order of a place, the better the place is itself. And likewise, the better the ethics are, the better the um, abilities to practice are. The yeah, practice, better practice are, is. So in uh, Nagarjuna's uh, letter to a friend, uh, he compares the uh, ethics to a, a law, the Qingdan Drabudu, the Qing. The Qingdan Drabudu. He gives the example that it's a similar, I just wanted to quote it directly, but anyway, the example that is similar to uh, uh, law and order of a land, and independence upon uh, this ethical behavior, one can engage in the practices which lead to the higher realms, which lead to uh, liberation, which lead to uh, Buddhahood, the small, medium, and great uh, capacity. So it's, uh, Nagarjuna compares it uh, to that. During the break, I'll find the exact quote. So, independence upon ethics, one is able to uh, uh, get rid of the eight leisureless state, uh, uh, leisureless uh, states. So, independence upon the and have a basis of leisure which one can practice dharma from. Kasetjiku. Oh. Kasetjiku. Yeah, yeah. So, if anybody would like to uh, um, take a break now, uh, we have a short break. One, anyone needs to use the restroom or would like to get a drink. Uh, now. <laughs> ดูเรื่องนี้ที่ผมก็ต้องมาเล่าเรื่องนี้ก็ต้องมาเล่าเรื่องนี้ก็ต้องมาเล่าเรื่องนี้ก็ต้องมาเล่าเรื่องนี้
the pathways uh, which lead to the higher realms, the pathways which lead to uh, liberation, the pathways which lead to Buddhahood. First, uh, those pathways which lead to higher realms uh, um, are uh, engaging in ethical uh, uh, dis discipline, which is the abandonment of the ten non-virtues, uh, going for refuge to the three jewels, and if one has engaged in the negativity, acknowledging one's downfall. Uh, so here, this ethical discipline uh, um, allow is serves as the basis for one to achieve the uh, a basis of leisure um, uh, and independence upon it one will be able to achieve the higher realm rebirth <laughs> ハチリンハニーカンロワネチリンハニーカンロハチリンチョマレベジバテハチリンチョワチョワシジモコモネチュンジェボスモフチュンジェボテダタンデコンバニエネネチョワドビレトベバンドベバンドスベバンドスダダ
So after the quote from Nagarjuna's friendly letter, it says, With three of these eight, you are unable to know what to adopt uh, and what to cast aside. Uh, being born in a border region in which the four types of followers, fully ordained monks and nuns, and novice monks and nuns, are not active, uh, being uh, mute, uh, um, stupid, and having incomplete uh, sensory faculties uh, means incomplete limbs and ears and so on. And, uh, a Lacking a conqueror's word, being born where a Buddha has not arisen. If you have a wrong view with misconceives the three jewels, karma and its effects, and former and future lives as non-existent, you do not believe in the sublime teachings. You will, I'll just read to the end, you will get great difficulty in... Uh, developing a religious attitude if you were born in any of the three miserable realms, even if you do develop a little bit, you'll be unable to practice because you'll be tormented by suffering. So here, um, uh, if uh, one is born, uh, here it says, uh, um, it describes the various different states. If one is born in a border region, uh, then it won't be uh, possible uh, to engage in the practice, which is an ethic which abandons the ten non-virtuous activities. It won't be possible uh, to engage in the um, abandonment of the truth of suffering, abandonment of the origin of suffering. It won't be possible to engage in the pathway which leads to the cessation of suffering. Uh, so uh, here it says this is a, um, a, a leisureless uh, uh, state because of this. Uh, and here uh, it's saying being born uh, mute or stupid, or here it says a stupid mute person, uh, one is referring to one who is unable to uh, hear the teachings or listen, listen, uh, and then another, the other is referring to one who is unable to speak. Uh, uh, so here these are the uh, two uh, qualities, the imperfect sensory faculties uh, are referring to. Um, uh, um, uh, the, uh, 
uh, in this uh, stupid mute person. So this is how it connects to that. And then when we speak of wrong views, wrong views are referring to the belief that these things are non-existent, uh, that the three jewels are non-existent, that karma and its effects in future and former lives are non-existent. Uh, so this is the uh, wrong view that is being spoken of. Um, and if uh, one uh, is born in uh, a place where there is no conqueror's word or no teaching, then it's not possible uh, to engage in um, any of these practices. So uh, here it uh, is going <coughs> over, um, uh, it says uh, uh, three of the eight makes you unable to uh, know what to adopt and what to cast aside. Um, so it, it disallows you to know uh, what one should do uh, and what one shouldn't do. Uh, um, so uh, here it describes those um, uh, in, in this section. Now, could not you move a la Utahu Javanina? Perlum as a Gomo Mayo, Mattis, and the Perlum at the Utahu in the Perlum at the Utahu in the Kunajum, Kunajum, Gomo Mayo, Perlum, Gomo. So you could actually engage in a debate almost because if you look here at what uh, um, qualifies something as a border region here or a barbaric land. Uh, border region here is the uncultured person in a border region. It's sometimes called barbaric land. Uh, one could debate that because in Tibet there is no fully ordained um, uh, um, nun's lineage, that the four types of followers are not present in Tibet. So one, if one follows this literally, where it says the four types of followers, fully ordained monks and nuns, and novice monks and nuns, um, then you would say that Tibet would be a barbaric land or a border land because of the lack of the fully ordained nun's vow. So there's some, this is very debatable, um, but if we go by this in a literal sense, then we would be able to say that it's an uncultured region because of the absence of the fully ordained nun lineage uh, in the Tibetan, in Tibet. <laughs> Uh, so, so then one could counter it by saying that yes, it is not. A, it is a, a main region. Uh, it's not a barbaric or border region because there is the presence of the Vinaya, the co code of ethical discipline, where uh, there is the presence of this uh, 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 fully ordained uh, uh, lineage. So one could argue that because there is the presence of the Vinaya, there is the. It is necessarily not a uh, border region. So in Taiwan, there's a, a, a lineage of the fully ordained uh, <coughs> uh, lineage. That's what they were just speaking of. Uh, but this is, uh, something, this is for debate. This is a debate. So if we're saying it's a dharma, if it's a place where the dharma is, then we would say, if that's what qualifies it, then we would say Tibet is a place of dharma, a place of dharma, if that's the qualification of it.
So then the doubts can arise by when we're looking in at this uh, and, and looking at its details. So then it goes into the three lower realms. I already read that part, but uh, I'll read it again um, just for uh, purity's sake. So then it says, uh, you will have great difficulty in developing a religious attitude if you are born in any of the three miserable realms. Um, because of the great amount of, of suffering, uh, it is difficult. Uh, uh, it, it, it says, and even if you do develop a little bit, you will be unable to practice because you will be tormented by suffering. So because of the great amount of suffering in these three lower realms uh, of cyclic existence, it makes it uh, 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 one unable to practice. Okay. <laughs> So the first, it says in uh, commentary, uh, Nagarjuna's commentary on the friendly letter uh, by Mahatmi, uh, Mahamati, uh, it says the clear words of explanation of the friendly letter. It says that a deity of long life is one who lacks discrimination and lives in the formless uh, realm. Uh, so here it's saying uh, that this uh, deity, this long life deity, uh, is a deity that abides um, in uh, the formless realm, uh, where at the fourth uh, concentration uh, of the formless realm, and the Santen Jipa, Santen Jipa, Santen Jipa, he divided it. Pashin ko tambo di, Pashin ko tambo, Pashin Pashin shirin ko tambo chiki tabayure, Santu mori, Santu. So in the first chapter of part. Uh, Penjin Sanandrapa's commentary on the Prajnaparamita, the general meaning of perfection, we find this explanation, and uh, I'll have to look into it further to be able to give you, Rinpoche listed the details at the fourth concentration level, and uh, um, I just, I don't want to waste time with something out of my, my scope. Uh, but when one, when one uh, reaches the formless absorption, uh, at that point, uh, it's, one recognizes that they are, uh, uh, at the fourth concentration level um, and the formless realm uh, and then uh, goes into a state uh, uh, um, that uh, is almost like sleeping until 
the time of death where uh, the, that being then recognizes that he or she is dying. So uh, it passes uh, um, in that way. Um, and because it passes uh, quickly in that way, it's considered uh, um, uh, a leisureless state. Um, and and uh, this comment, specific commentary uh, speaks of uh, that specific um, state in the formless realm at the fourth concentration level, where the formless realm begins to be what it's speaking of there. Uh, so in the uh, commentary on... ジェバニーラシジェバニーラシジェバニーラシジェバニーラシジェバニーラシジェバニーラシジェバニーラシジェバニーラシジェバニーラシジェバニーラシジェバニーラシジェバニーラシジェバニーラシジェバニーラシジ
cognizant at the time of birth that they are these deities, uh, and then their life passes uh, without really any process processing, uh, and then at the time of death they recognize that they are dying. So uh, it's a leisureless state. Uh, this particular long life deity is considered uh, <coughs> abiding in a leisureless state because of this uh, um, inability to practice religious activities or practice dharma. <laughs> And it says, finally, they live for many great, great eons, speaking of the uh, previous long-life deities. But it says, it is incorrect, incorrect to say that a noble being who exists in the formless realm is a, in a condition that lacks leisure. Therefore, we say that ordinary beings who are born in the formless realms are in a condition that lack leisure because they do not have the opportunity to achieve the path of liberation. So, if it is a formless realm uh, being, it is, uh, it is not necessarily uh, um, a condition that lacks leisure. And if we say posit, we would say that an aria that is abiding in the formless realm is necessarily in a condition of leisure. Um, and is not necessarily uh, in a state of uh, a long-life deity of leisureless, uh, in a leisureless state. Um, so here this is um, countering uh, by saying that if one isn't necessarily in the formless realm, he, he or she is not necessarily uh, in a leisureless state. And because there are um, Arya beings uh, who are not ordinary beings who are abiding uh, in those uh, uh, states and then Rimache gave a list of a couple of the divisions of those and I'm sorry I don't have those technical words um, but the, there are uh, uh, arias or papas who are abiding in formless realms who are not uh, in a place that lacks leisure <laughs> So, in here where Basubandhu states that it, if it is a, a desire realm god, then uh, uh, he or she is necessarily... Uh, uh, the, the, the long-life deity that's being uh, described is referring to a desire realm god, but we can't say that if uh, one is a desire realm god, that uh, he or she is necessarily... Uh, in a state that lacks leisure, because we have um, examples of bodhisattvas who are desire realm gods. Shantu Semba, Dang Papa, Papa. Okay, so Aryas and bodhisattvas, examples uh, uh, such as these types of beings who are not uh, in conditions that lack leisure, but are necessarily uh, desire realm gods. <laughs> Zoomer, 
so we can't say um, that here it says it's incorrect to say that a noble being who exists in a formless realm uh, is in a condition uh, that uh, uh, um, I'm sorry I let me go back I made a mistake so it's incorrect to say that uh, if a being is in a um, uh, um, desire is a desire realm God that he or she is necessarily uh, in a uh, leisureless state um, because we find uh, examples of bodhisattvas and aryas who are desire realm uh, uh, gods that are necessarily not in leisureless states. Um, so we find those examples. What does it do? So then it says the same can be said for the being uh, as a uh, for being reborn as a deity of the desire realm who is constantly distracted by sensual pleasures. Thus, with respect to calling these conditions that lack leisure, the clear words explanation of the friendly letter states. In the eight uh, states, there is no time for acts of virtue. Therefore, they are called conditions that lack leisure. So here, Nagarjuna is qualifying uh, what, why these states are considered states that lack leisure. Then, Rinpoche, uh, the Lama Ngapchugi Sutrisum. Lama Ngapchugi Lama Ngapchugi Lama Ngapchugi Kon the Kailin the Dula So leisureless refers to a state in which one cannot practice dharma. So it speaks of being reborn in any among the lower realms of hell, hungry ghost, or animal, or being reborn with uh, wrong views and so forth. So these basises from, uh, are re re referring to leisureless states. And at this uh, moment, we uh, have the eight uh, um, leisure states, the eight leisures at this moment. Uh, we don't have any among these uh, eight leisureless uh, basises. Um, so it's in dependence upon a basis of leisure that one can practice the Dharma, and we currently uh, have that uh, basis. 
So in the, the section, so in the section uh, called the uh, exhortation to take full advantage of the life of leisure and opportunity, there are two sections: the leisure and then opportunity. We've just completed the section on leisure, uh, and now we'll begin with the section on uh, opportunity. Many <laughs> So the section now on opportunity has two different uh, divisions. Um, uh, opportunity that pertains to oneself or uh, wrong uh, internal or uh, one's own opportunity uh, and shen, external opportunity. And the first section is uh, internal. Uh, or opportunity that pertains to oneself. Um, and then there's a quote from the Shravaka levels, and it says there are five. It says, being human, being born in a central region, having complete sensory faculties, having reversible karma, uh, and having faith in the, the um, uh, having faith in the source. Uh, so here, being human is being, referring to being born as a human being. Uh, the next is being born in a central region. So here, this is a place where the religion or the Dharma is being practiced, where there are practitioners in uh, the practice of the Dharma. So this is what central region refers to. Having complete sensory faculties is very similar to uh, the uh, leisures, where it says uh, a stupid or mute person. So having complete faculties is very similar to that. Uh, and then uh, having reversible karma. Uh, not having any of the, uh, not having irreversible, the, the tsamenga. Okay, not uh, having engaged in any of the five uh, irreversible karmas or the five heinous crimes. Uh, and having faith in the source uh, is here uh, having faith in the three baskets, the, Abhi, the Vinaya basket, the Sutra basket, uh, and the Abhidharma basket. So the three baskets of, of teachings. So... Uh, here, uh, this is what is meant by the five uh, internal or opportunities that pertain uh, to one's uh, self. Okay. 
So here then, Lama Tsongkhapa gives his commentary. Being born in a central region means that you are born in an area wherein the four types of followers are active. So here... Uh, four types of followers, again, revo- referring to the two uh, fully ordained, the, the uh, fully ordained monk and nun, and then the two novice, uh, novice monk and novice nun. So here this is uh, referring, the four types of uh, followers are referring to the four types of ordained uh, persons. Having complete sensory faculties means that you are not stupid or mute. And uh, so here, stupid is referring to having a problem with the mind. I think I forgot that previously. I apologize. Um, uh, so here, it's the mental consciousness has a problem uh, of some sort. Uh, its mind isn't good, uh, literally. Uh, so the mind isn't isn't good. Um, and it says mute it means not being able to speak, not being able to talk, uh, and that you have your main limbs, secondary limbs, eyes, ears, and the like intact. Uh, having irreversible karma means that you have not done or caused others to commit the five deeds of immediate retribution. Faith, uh, so any of among the five uh, heinous crimes. That Okay. Uh, so, um, so you haven't committed any of the. F- I wasn't sure if you listed him. I didn't want to listen if Rinpoche didn't. And faith in the source means to have. Uh, that you have faith and discipline, which is uh, uh, the root from which all mundane and super-mundane virtues arise. Um, but here, <coughs> discipline is going to refer also uh, to the other scriptural co- collections. So, discipline falls categorically under the Vinaya basket, but here it says, here discipline refers to all three scriptural collections. So, not only the Vinaya basket, but also the Sutra basket and the Abhidharma basket. Uh, um, so, uh, that's where Rinpoche stopped. ダムニーユチオンボサンレタマロネレデンアボチュチェンランジュイソウロランジュランジュイミチュセンカレスナランジュオデンアボデンランジュイチュチュシンスナアボトソソジュリオアレスランジュイチュチュチュチュチュチュ
included in your mind stream or in one's own continuum. Uh, so, and they they make it favorable the conditions favorable conditions for practicing the teaching. Uh, so next, the uh, external opportunities or opportunities that pertain to others or outside. Uh, here it says first that the Buddha has visited, uh, so it's a place where the Buddha has come to before or the Buddha has visited, that the sublime teaching is being taught, so there are explanations of the Buddha's teaching being given. Uh, the teaching remains, so the scriptural truth, the truth of the Buddha's teaching uh, remains in, in the, that particular area. Uh, and there are those who follow it, so there are practitioners of the teaching. Uh, um, uh, practitioners or those who follow the, uh, the teaching that has been given. And then there are those caring for others. Um, and here, uh, this is referring to those benefactors and so forth that allow the teachings to be supported. Um, so here, caring for others is referring to benefactors. And, and here, uh, the, the um, Buddha um, has passed into nirvana, but the teachings remain, the scriptural truth re remains uh, of the Buddha. So here the Buddha has visited, but also that this, the teaching remains also uh, is important. Uh, so here, even though the Buddha has passed into nirvana, the truth remains. So then the uh, Lama Tsongkhapa will give some explanation. So here, this first um, uh, uh, the actual Buddha. Um, uh, it says, "Among these that a Buddha has visited means that a Bodhisattva has accumulated the collections of merit and sublime wi wisdom for countless eons and has reached the heart of enlightenment, uh, become a perfect Buddha." So. 
In order to become a perfect Buddha, it is very difficult to achieve the state of enlightenment. Uh, Buddha had to achieve the mind that aspires to enlightenment, or bodhicitta, and then once achieving bodhicitta, engage in a practice of gaining uh, um, uh, method and wisdom for three countless eons, and in dependence upon those practices, then he was able to achieve the state of Buddhahood. So this is no simple task. Uh, this is uh, very difficult. Um, so here... Um, it's saying that when a Buddha has visited, that means that uh, a Bodhisattva has engaged in these accumulations over three countless eons and, uh, and has become uh, a Buddha. So this is what qualifies uh, one as a Buddha, or qualifying factors of the Buddha. Uh, so there are the, um, two uh, uh, types of, and in, in, uh, uh, when we look at uh, enlightenment, uh, there are hmm, the, the two. The, the first type of enlightenment is the enlightenment uh, um, uh, of the, in Bodhagaya, uh, that we see the, tr the historical enlightenment of the Buddha in uh, uh, Bodhagaya, where uh, the en enlightenment took place under the Bodhi tree, and then the uh, um, other enlightenment is, which is the projection of the enjoyment body uh, um, uh, uh, to a, a form, to the uh, the emanation body generated by the enjoyment body that uh, um, uh, manifests that enlightenment, the enlightened characteristics. I think that uh, uh, I might have some problem with that, the technicality there, but. Um, there basically there are the two um, two types uh, of enlightenment. Um, those two different uh, types of enlightenment. The niya, the yanje surana, the sanje, the dojje. Tuku sanje sa chosen dojje nero. Dojje de ne shangju res. Ne shangju yi shangju ayi sna ma yi la dojje nero. Ne shangju zi mei ta wara ma do. Shangju yi na ni tuk shangju, ranje ki shangju, teba chenbi shangju, fu ma doye ma. La la ni tuk shangju tu senje do. So the maybe the act maybe manifesting enlightenment and then which is an actual named or imputation. It's not the real enlightenment. So that would be the enlightenment that was take took place in Varanasi. That actual historical enlightenment. And then the uh, um, actual uh, enlightenment, um, which is the, uh, um, the the any any uh, ideas? <laughs> refers to place. Why is referred? The Buddha guy refers to place because they say the place of uh, enlightened oh, one. Yeah, place. Nesa. That is consciousness, Sensation, so the the place of enlightenment and then the actual enlightenment of the consciousness. Yes, mm -hmm. oh, that's right. Okay, mm -hmm. thank you. 
So if we say the subject Bodhagaya is the place of enlightenment, yes. we can't say it is not uh, enlightenment. Okay, okay, it's not enlightenment because it's not a hearer's enlightenment, it's not a solitary realizer's enlightenment, it's not a bodhisattva's enlightenment. So enlightenment is necessarily among the three, a hearer's enlightenment, a solitary realizer's enlightenment, and a bodhisattva's enlightenment. Okay. <laughs> So the realized uh, um, um, enlightenment is that of the exalted wisdom uh, um, truth body. Exalted wisdom truth body. Yeah. <laughs> The sublime teaching is being taught. It means that the Buddha disciples or Buddha is imparting the teaching. Is it bad? Yeah. Okay. So Rinpoche just read another line. All right, uh, so let's go to the concluding uh, prayers. fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure land. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Abhagateshvara attends in Gyatso. May he stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandok, a polar of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. <laughs>